0: Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. Hi, this is your host of The Revenue Hustle, Tom Hessen, and it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Subha Srinivasan to The Revenue Hustle. Subha, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you today in this podcast. I'm really excited and looking forward to having some good conversations about revenue with you.
0: Yes, I know. I'm excited for this too, Subba. So you are the vice president of customer success at Rakuten. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role. What does customer success mean? Like, what is that responsible for? Um, and I know it's a very big organization, big footprint geog- geography wise. So just introduce yourself for us.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm the vice president and global delivery head of customer success for Rakuten Symphony for their unified cloud business, right? As you can understand, Rakuten Symphony is a software company that is helping the world roll out massive network, telecommunications network across the world uh, with software so that the cost gets come down and, you know, the rollout and the mobile connectivity is available for everyone faster. That's our why, right? We want mobile connection for the entire world. And that's what we are aspiring towards. And in my role, I am responsible for customer success, which is the first order of business, which I always tell my team, the sales has told something, but it is now upon us to make that a reality. We right. walk the talk, right? Whatever has been promised, whatever has been committed in terms of products and services, it is now the job of customer success team to be able to deliver that and then have the customer really understand that we do have the capability, our product meets their business needs, and then partner with us for the long haul. I always tell the team, customer success is what makes the long haul, the long relationships possible. And we also take care of support, right? The Along with global delivery, rollout, et cetera, my team is also responsible for Support where we work with the operations team and support mm-hmm. them in all cloud-related delivery SLAs and KPIs. Got so we, it. our job is to make sure that we are 24/7 bar seven on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. And now, do you guys have any? Um, do you own the renewal and any expansion, or how does that kind of interwork with like the sales or account management teams?
1: Hundred percent. We are responsible for renewals. Right. The renewals rest with a customer success. And in terms of upsells and cross-sells, it is kind of a mix, yeah. right? When it when you're growing an existing project, it becomes with customer success, whereas when you're doing a cross-sell or, uh, you know, some other adjacent thing, then the account executor or the it. sales gets involved, but the compensation is for both. You know, we just keep it very rewarding because the ultimate goal is that even if it costs a little more, the idea is to... Incentivize and to keep growing.
0: Right, right. No, that's great. Now, thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, some customer success uh, organizations define their roles and responsibilities a little bit differently. So it's helpful to kind of understand kind of where you're coming at. So, uh, Sue, but you know how we do this on the revenue hustle. We have revenue rules. So why don't you go ahead and give us your first revenue rule?
1: Okay. My revenue rule number one, right? Growth is directly proportional to the extent of how much you care. How much you care about your customer's growth, your customer's overall successful meeting their end objectives and they being able to deliver to their end customers. You got to care all the way till the end of the chain. And that's the first rule I follow, Mm. right? Everything aside, you got to genuinely care.
0: So customer first, right? I mean, that's... And, and, and so I like the word how you say care, because I mean, there's a lot of things we do for customers, right? Because we know customers are important. They, without them, we wouldn't have jobs, right? Like all those sorts of things. But caring carries a whole different set of emotions when I hear that word versus, um, you know, other ways we describe customers. So how do you, what does caring mean? Right. Like how does how do you know if the customer is being cared for well or not being cared for well? Or if maybe one of your, you know, someone on your team is not showing enough care. Like, how do you measure that or how do you define that?
1: Okay, I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. Right. We know that we have cared right and we have cared well by three main metrics. One is the customer stays with us. Right. Renewal, which is measured by Renewal. The logo is with us not just for a year or two, but for a prolonged period of time, which is an indication that we have won that trust, not just by through relationships, but also through products and services, et cetera. So the first order of business where I measure the successful delivery of, you know, what we call as care is the development of trust and the fact that the customer continues to do business with them. That is level one, right? The level two is when they start going and referring us To Mm -hmm. their partners in the same organization. You know what? You have this problem. This team, this person, this organization could be a good business partner, right? They just don't stop with their sphere of circle, but they go start telling about you, making those recommendations, and they are happy to give referrals if you go and ask, etc. Right? That is the second level which I measured. Okay, you've crossed a certain threshold, now you've gone to the next level of trust right? Because in this day and age, we don't refer businesses that we don't know whether they will deliver or not, right? Right. The third level, where you've really, really surpassed everything and done well is, you know, the customer just goes out on their own and talks about you in social media, or they comment about your products in your social media, they just go rave about you openly, right? Expecting nothing out of it. And they are happy to share their, um, you know, they're happy to be in a, your advocacy programs, right? They are ready to go public and tell the world about right. it. That is the third level. And trust me, Tom, I have I have spoken multiple times and multiple forums about this. We are in a new era where the customer is not looking for product information. That is available. That is cheap, right? The product mm-hmm. information is cheap. It's available everywhere. And what they are really looking for The new purchases are purely built on credibility. And so that credibility will always be coming only from your existing customers, not because your marketing is saying so, not because your sales is saying so. So your customer, existing customers are your new growth engine. They are Mm. your sales engine. They are your marketing engine.
0: Wow. And
1: And that's how we increase that circle of trust, the circle of influence, this circle In fact, Seth Gordon is very famous for this concept. And I do agree with him, right? This circle slowly helps you to expand the next big circle and then the next big circle. And you're even converting prospects that never even thought of this product or service. So that's the only way you can grow. So I think, and I have seen from my own experience that growth comes from how much you have cared, and that how much you have cared and actually delivered on the results shows up itself through trust which is seen in the customer doing business, the customer referring business, the customer raving and giving and being Mm -hmm. your advocate.
0: Well, that no, I love that framework. Um, I love product information is cheap, right? Because I mean, it's so prevalent, right? That's why everyone shops online before they buy or ever talk to a salesperson like in the B2B world now. Um, But you're right, like the credibility and the expertise um, is hard to come by, right? And it's hard to convey that. Um, so I'm, I, I'd am i love to dig a little bit more into this caring part because I care a lot about our customers. I get angry. Uh, there's certain things that I get angry and upset about with, with you know, I have certain expectations, right? Like I get copied on customer emails, right? And I, I'm, I'm just waiting for someone to respond. I'm waiting for somebody to respond like on my team, right? And I'm like, I could have responded to the email now. And, you know, why haven't you, right? So there's just certain things that like I care about in terms of like responsiveness, right? Like you're talking about, there's just... We, i'm sure we have all those things i'm curious what some of those things are when you say you know when you're training your team what should they be doing how should they be acting um, you know and it's oftentimes triggered by maybe things that you like you have certain expectations that you communicate or sometimes people learn because they've you know did it the other way that you would have wanted them to do
1: yeah yeah so absolutely right i mean the the first thing that we tell anybody in my team they need not be in support at all right uh i mean the concept of response times or you know responding within 30 minutes one hour and all is not just restricted to the support team because somebody is monitoring you that is not how it should be culturally if the customer is reaching out to you it is because they have a pain point they have they are stuck on something so culturally behaving with a sense of extreme urgency mm. is something i proactively watch out for And if I see red flags within the three months or four months of joining my team, and if they are like laid back or not responding or not taking ownership, then I think, then in my opinion, we start grooming, we start uh, telling the importance of, you know, acting with a sense of urgency, no matter whether you're monitored, SLAs, KPIs are completely numerics. That's not the point, right? So extreme ownership. And if there is no response in most of the cases, some of me and my team members just jump in and respond, even if it is addressed to a different person. Right. We have a big posture that is put across our team our desks, etc. Right. And we share our screen shares as well. That this is everybody's business. I say that, and we we follow that as a rule. This is everybody's business. Someone is not responding, we will sort it out later. But you gotta show that with no. urgency right? right. We, we discussed this at length because culture is a very important thing. That is how you show the world what you want, right? And right. this caring and responsiveness and extreme ownership are, are extremely critical things that we follow.
0: No, I love that. I mean, I, I, I... Right, because there's there's this the product can do what the product does, right? But then, like obviously, people buy the product and people buy yeah. it from people, and you know, we all want to be cared for, right? Like whether that's um, at a nice restaurant or you know, our friends and family, whatever that is, we know when we're feeling taken care of yeah. and our needs are being met. Now we may not have the right answer, we may not have an answer right now, that's but okay. it's okay. Right, I hear you. I want you to know, I heard you. And i'm going to take the action so they can at least feel heard right like yeah, that urgency yeah. of um hearing from you now yeah, that's great what else yeah, go ahead so, no yeah, please
1: sorry i i said you have an example of a company that grew leaps and bounds by just putting customer experience and service as their first priority which is amazon right they didn't invent any new technology they don't own a single product they said if a customer wants it, I will deliver it in the shortest time possible with the shortest cost that is possible. And I built an entire logistics around speed of delivery, being able to get to the customer first. And I fundamentally believe that that's the era we live in. Mm. And whoever gets to the customer fastest with the most optimal answer is going to be the winner. I know people will not like me saying this. The days when you were selling a lot, with product in place or later marketing in place this is the era where you know you will grow your business with customers in in place
0: right right no like when yeah you're saying your customers are out there talking about you and and i mean because now that's that is the next connected world now the customers are you know it's so much easier to communicate to one another you're not you know, stuck in a silo somewhere. Um, so, what are some of those other things that you see or coach your team? Um, like, I, I think urgency is great. Uh, what are some other things, like whether it's um, the language that you coach them to use or share, or, you know, just I'm just kind of curious, what other things that are on your, you know, this is how you care for a customer list?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are sometimes like, you know, when we get on calls where the customer is actually having an issue, the calls can get, get really heated. You know what I mean? It can get absolutely heated. I mean, frustration because the issue is not getting resolved, etc. And I have told my team that not to get swayed by any of this. Just stay close to the ground and do your work and solve the problem, right? Do not lose your patience. Do not lose your etiquette or do not, you know, get frustrated back Mm -hmm. the customer because that can have lasting repercussions so so we believe that the customer is always right right and if they are indeed wrong then it is because we haven't educated them right take the ownership right and and be humble stay to the ground try and solve problems and never never drop your drop your attitude you know <laughs>
0: yeah and it's hard when 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 you feel like you're being attacked, right or, or or blamed, potentially, maybe not attacked, but blamed for a particular problem. and And it's like again, like at a restaurant example, you're yelling at the waiter for the food that they didn't prepare, right? Like yeah. you know, like that doesn't make sense. but you're angry, right? Or the customer I mean, they're they're getting yelled at probably, right? Because I yeah. oftentimes tell we've had situations over the years, you know, they're yelling at us because someone's yelling at them, right yeah. and And so,
1: But you got to stop the chain. That's what I tell the team. You have to stop this, right? You got to look from a point of view of, you know, a little higher than what's going on. That is when the whole attitude of a coach, you're here to educate and solve and not really get into the fight and, you know, whatever. So I always tell them as customer success team, act with a sense of urgency, really, really solve the problem. The intention is to solve and, you know, educate the customer not to take part in any of the, you know, emotional things that goes on there.
0: Right, yeah, cause you're right. They don't want to hear that, especially then, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, none of us do, but I mean, I think yeah. it's, it's. Um, you're right, it, it does have some lasting impact. And I think the, um, a parallel to that is um, being heard, letting the customer just, if they are upset, um, or they they were upset with something that someone on your team member did, and they want to you know escalate it to someone, um, and it goes up the chain. And it's just important to let them speak um, yeah. and and just be heard rather than just ch- trying to t- you know tell them yeah. they're wrong, right, or something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, agree.
0: So no, that's great. Um, and and no, I you know, the caring, like, do you have any examples of how you've seen the caring manifest itself with customers, like being the raving fan or, or like when you do those things, well, you talked about the three levels, they renew, they, um, they refer, you know, when you're asking them, but then they're just out there talking in the marketplace. Like, do you have any stories of just, um, you know, things that make your heart feel good when you see a customer and you're like, okay, we serve them well
1: oh there are multiple right there are multiple multiple um, customer stories but i mean stopping short of mentioning sure. their name right there was a customer like you know who were who were a major fan of our competition right and we were actually rakuten symphony acquired robin and i am part of robin which is a startup and we had really big names in competition out there and this customer was exploring a new technology the first year they hated us because it was a management decision to try this new product and they would get very frustrated because the product had bugs of course we were a startup so we poured all our um, soul heart and energy into making it work right we fired on all grounds like we built the relationship we were always on standby we made the product work we improved the quality the second year the sponsors started coming and talking to us, right? The director level people. Mm-hmm. They started because earlier they never used to come, right? They started talking, they started sharing the roadmap, they started sharing the pain point, etc. Renewals went on, you know, every December like time frame. I used to be very scared. Now, I mean, the renewals have started flowing, and right. in the final year, like you know, in the third year, they are now talking about replacing a competition. With our product, mm. right, and you know that that is something that you know I, um, you know I really really feel very good about because we've passed business value, we have reduced their cost, we've delivered a very good product, and today that customer stakeholder is looking like a hero in front of the board and his other stakeholders, right, and he also sends me a note. You know, you guys really helped me succeed at a mm. time when you know I wasn't having any hopes. So his growth right, his shining in his role yeah, um, and putting that trust with us for three years. And it worked out mutually for both of us. I think that is one incident, one happening, which I'm so happy and proud of.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great example. I mean, because, um, and especially I, I certainly know as a, you know, a young software company that the early challenges of getting the product to live up to, yeah. you know, what you want it to be. And, and um, sometimes you have to, Use your people to yeah. you know over service that customer because the product um, may not be able to do everything that you wanted to do yet, and so you kind of have to kill them with kindness on the on the people side and and be able to be available in, in ways that you may not otherwise be while, you know. while,
1: you're, while you're hardening your product right while you're learning. yes. Yes
0: yeah. I, I know that um, I've lived that over the years, but no, I think that's a great example and just the changing of the mindset of that person um, because of the hard work because I mean it would have been easy for them to say, you know,
1: yeah, we're,
0: we're not we're not gonna stick yeah. um, no, that's a great example and I just I mean I'm very customer centric so this really resonates with me um, just the idea of how important like they're paying us money, right like just think about how hard it is for us to decide to buy something in our personal lives. No, I know it's not their their money but it's their capital their 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 reputational capital is is arguably more important than the dollars that they're writing the check um for, for our software and services and so on so um like it's a big deal right to yes. to, to enter into that relationship and obviously they, they don't all work out for a number of reasons but um it's a it's a big deal and i i don't think you know, as, as maybe young people coming into the business world may not fully appreciate the risks at stake for some of these mm-hmm. people that are, you know, taking on a new startup software that's less yeah. less proven or, you know, any number of those things, um, or they, they went to bat to solve this problem, and they picked your solution or my solution, and um, they're looking for the outcome, and yeah you know, and, and big companies, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of politics at play too that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, this is great. So thank you for sharing that. Let's, uh, let's transition to your second revenue rule.
1: Okay. So the second rule, I would always, um, I believe in is that invest in yourself so that your customers and your you know, your customers can benefit from it and the organization's revenue can grow, right? Invest in yourself to the point that you become a subject matter expert because without that expertise, you cannot understand the pain points, the objectives, the strategies your customer is out there to play, right? It is just plain noise if you do not understand the, the market landscape, the technology and the overall uh, you know play in that field. So my second rule for revenue growth is every single person in a customer facing role needs to take time to invest in themselves and go from one to another to another to become a subject matter expert. It doesn't matter what level in the executive rank you are, but it is important because I believe that a customer success team's role is that of a coach and coach needs knowledge. A coach needs to build credibility. And the buck has to stop with you. If the customer needs to go, you know, do some secondary analysis, cross-check with someone, and then come and buy from you or build credibility, that is not a good position to be. Right. And the other person on whom they are relying on could actually tilt the business decision in any angle. Right? So if we need to grow our business, our revenue, it's not just artificially for the sake of it, but we have to genuinely build world-class talent in the customer success team, both for the leaders as well as the soldiers, which I right. would call. They need to have subject matter experts. They just cannot flinch in yeah. front of the customer, at least.
0: Well, yeah, because if you don't, you're 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 basically put into the tech support bucket. Right. As, as wow. if you're a, success, a customer success person, if they're like, well, I can only deal with you on transactional things. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know how to do this. Tell me do that. Can you, you know, you know what I mean? You become like an order taker or a frontline, um, yeah. just the, the lowest level problem that they have. Right. And and there's no value in that. I mean, there's a little bit, but not a lot to the degree right. that, that the reason you're paying your customer success people to renew and have those business conversations, because I've found that every buyer of software or services, right, they're trying to solve a problem, right? And in the end, they want certain yeah. outcomes and they don't care a lot of times about the technology, the, the nuts and the bolts that somebody does at lower level, but the executives just want the cost savings the growth the you know the reduction in this and the increase of that and that's all they care about right and and so being able to connect your solution to that major growth, growth or reduction is a whole different level of understanding
1: yeah yeah and and it's all come it also comes down to like again and again right i mean i would say that we are all in the business of coaching the customers and if your product is not the right fit you should absolutely tell the customer to go buy a competitive product if that's the right thing to do, right? We are in the business of coaching and we need to be confident, right? Uh, the world's best salespeople who have had a stellar track record of mm-hmm. succeeding, if you observe all of them, they will stand on their feet and they'll be so confident, right? Because they know. Right. There is, there is a glow and a confidence that comes in you when you know inside out. And that is what making your customers open their wallet. It's not because you're doing a fancy presentation or you're ready to cut the cost. Those are also short-term benefits, right? The long-term benefit is that I have someone that I can, you know, rely on for knowledge in this space, right? For expertise in this space. They will coach me right, right? So because customers are not buying, buying from... Um, you know, people that do not know their
0: Right, story. right. And, and they, they need help a lot of times, you know, because the reason why they're, you know, they can't do it themselves, right? They can't build the product. They can't deliver the service internally themselves. Again, that's why we have so many software and services providers out there. But then it's like, okay, well, which one do you get? Which one do you pick? And usually, even after they pick it, and this is where it comes to customer success is, they still don't really know how to use it properly right how do you implement it properly how do you configure it correctly how do you implement it in their business in their process because there's a lot of there's a lot of good software that's poorly adopted that fails to achieve the outcome right yeah. it's not the tech's fault or your cs team or whoever it may be so there's a million and one reasons why um, they still need help
1: no i'm i'm actually scared tom like you know see this customer success team is a new thing right it started in the covid because you wanted somebody to handhold the customer throughout the process, you couldn't do what you were doing because the sales guys would sell and then you know hand off the there. support or yeah. whatever. But I'm really scared by a trend that I'm observing in the market that I mean, CSMs are also falling back into being transactional, right? you know doing coordination, et cetera, and not really going up the value chain to being a subject matter expert. Oh, subject matter expert, let me call an architect. Let me call the support engineer. I mean, I'm not saying you sit and solve the problem, but at least build enough knowledge so that you can engage with various stakeholders and connect their expectations to your product. Because I tell you, you're always selling. You're always selling, right? And you don't have to sell by sharing a price or anything, right? Selling also comes when you make that interlock with the stakeholder on the point about your product and services. There are always these opportunities right in casual conversations in business meetings there are always opportunities to opportunities to sell and if you don't know your stuff you're missing on every such opportunity mm. right so at all times it is very important to keep that mental map he has this problem my product could solve it this is happening i could solve it and that doesn't come for you know just if we do at the lowest order right. doing program management coordination with product, et cetera, we shouldn't settle at that level because we are always selling. I fundamentally believe that, and that ability to connect and sell will happen only when you have a very genuine understanding of that space, how it is being solved, what trends are emerging, what technology, et cetera.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, because you're really not selling at that point. You're just solving their problem, problem, right? It's not even selling. It's just, oh, I can help you solve that problem. And eventually they'll say, okay, how much, right? It's, it's yeah. that simple if you can just think about it. Cause I know a lot of people in the customer success don't like that sales word, right. Because it, you know, they, they think they use car salesman or something slimy or I'm, I'm tricking them into buying something, right. Um, there's still some of that mentality or, or that's not my personality, right. Or whatever the explanation is. But if you think about it as a, as a coach or, you know, I'm just solving their problem Stop. and, you know, Pattern recognition or investing, like you're saying, um, it be, selling becomes a lot easier when you-, yeah, when you
1: you're when not you. pushing, right? You're just coaching. You have built credibility and you're sharing the facts, right? And let the customer choose. I think, I mean, how much ever customer success hates it, the word sales, I think what I fundamentally believe that there is a paradigm shift in the way we are selling. Earlier, we used to give a lot of information and say, buy this, buy this, buy this. That is gone. Now we have the intelligent customer. They know about the product. Now what they are now looking at is, is this the right person to buy this product from? Or is this the right company to buy this product from? Right? It checklists all my features, but what about the long-term? Does this leadership team is capable of delivering? Do they know? Do they have the right team composition? Right?
0: Yeah. And can
1: they, can they work with me for the long haul as I go about my company strategies? So the selling landscape has changed it is again like i said it has gone from knowledge and data points to credibility and you know so and hands-on
0: that's what it comes down to right because they're going to waste their time if if you don't right um so how do you encourage some of your csms to invest in themselves like how do you proactively you know enable that or encourage that
1: so 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 we have a rule in our organization starting from me to everyone down everyone needs to be hands on right you need to have seen the product tested the product participated in customer calls even if you are a listener right you gotta be very very hands on right by by experiencing the product participate in communities go through what is going on in the trend and and we we go through i mean very organized upskilling in terms of training etc but a lot of what we learn is very disorganized there is no structural classroom training right. Right. we just throw people into the into the sea right learn like you know learn to navigate start attending customer calls start answering the customers go figure out the answers and uh, so it is mandatory to be hands on it is mandatory to be in customer calls it is mandatory to solve issues it is mandatory to write blogs, right?
0: right? Right, Bring
1: up your thought leadership. What do you think is happening? Original thought process, sit down and write.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> so these are no. some
1: of the things that we do, apart from certifications and usual training.
0: Right, and then it's just like reading, like what's happening in the marketplace, right? They're yeah. just like taking a general, like it goes back to caring, but it's caring for yourself now, not caring for the customer. It's caring for... um you know, you should want to learn because you're going to be caring for the customer even better, yeah. right? Like that's basically how you're connecting these two. Exactly. Um, and I think what's also interesting is the, the people that rise through an organization just get promoted are the ones that, um, you know, there's a level of experience and understanding and knowledge and expertise. And if you're not investing in yourself, you're not going to be put in that position to, um, you know to take on the bigger role right because again you have to kind of demonstrate it generally before you're put into that role so it's yeah. it's, it's 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 i think critical now to just growth
1: yeah see what i have heard some of my peers in the industry say right books are outdated <clears throat> from the time a book is written to actually it hits the market it takes about 2 years so we used to read a lot of business books etc some of them are great even now but the time changes so fast that what happens in the books is actually gets outdated by the time it reaches our hands, right? So the greatest source of knowledge these days is communities, right? And blogs. So we, we just go actively participate in communities and just join conversations, right? Hey, this is a problem in the industry. This company reported this. What is going on? That kind right. of thing. And very, very proactively read blogs.
0: Right, right. Because, yeah. yeah, those are very... um. Yeah, and I think just doing, like you're saying, listening to the customers and being asked to do something, right? It's very uncomfortable the first time or second time or third time you do it. Enough times, you're like, okay, I've done this a thousand times. Um, But it's being comfortable, being uncomfortable, because I think I was talking to another CS executive, and they're just saying learning is such a critical skill for CSMs because that's all they do. They just are constantly learning.
1: Absolutely, and and I would always tell my team, right? I'm in the business of building your confidence. That's what I'm here for, right? And I'm going to do that by doing mm-hmm. everything that's uncomfortable, right? Because if you're not confident, the customer loses confidence and it impacts the entire company. So they need to present themselves really well on all fronts, right? Communication, subject matter expertise, attitude, the ability to listen and not keep interrupting with their own thoughts, right? Right. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. I mean, these are all life skills too. I mean, I, I love that my your business is making you confident. confident. And, uh, and that
1: comes from actual subject matter expertise, right? Not from acting confident. You cannot act confident for long. It has to be really genuine.
0: Right, right. It's a, it's a shallow confidence, right? If if, yeah. if if you try to put that on there, because yeah, you will be exposed quickly. Um, but I think it's important too, like to try to put our people in situations of uncomfort a discomfort so that they can, that's yeah. where they grow. Right. If, if yeah. you're comfortable, you're, you're not growing. Right. And, and yeah. I, um, and there's places to do that, like not to throw them into the deep end with a customer and they're learning it to be, you know, it's like, there's, there's situations where they can grow offline or participate a little bit. And you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's, there's ways to, um, to grow them. Yep. Eventually they're going to have to get in front of a customer and, and, and um,
1: yeah, like Nike style, just do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got that startup mentality. So I, I, uh, I love that because again, the startups, everyone's just got to gotta do
1: it. Nobody is babysitting. <laughs>
0: That's right. You got to get it done. Right. And, and, um, cause no one else is going to, if, 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 if we don't so, no, this is great. This has been a great conversation. Suba. um, Customers is a, in a certain passion of mine because uh, if we don't love customers, we're we we we're in the wrong line of work, right? Yeah. Um, and because that's that's what it all comes down to, helping other people solve their problems and we get rewarded just for doing that. So that's pretty cool. Um, how did you get into customer success?
1: Oh, that, I mean, I was in delivery for the major part of my life. I was general manager and business unit head of a very large a business unit in india and then i got and at that time i was dealing with lots of customers right i used to run customer captive centers I, i'm not sure if you know if you've heard about it in india we set up small captive centers which is completely customer owned but we just put our people right mm. and we have to deliver so i've run multiple such captive centers it gave me a lot of exposure to customers
0: yeah. right
1: and i got an opportunity in the us in 2019 to do my role from right out of where the customers are. Most of our customers were in the Bay Area, right? So my company said, why don't you do what you're doing from there so that we want you're to closer. have our ears, yeah, ears on the ground, right? I mean, somebody needs to be available. So I took that opportunity came mm-hmm. here and then I got this opportunity across Robin and then Rakuten and see, I've been known by multiple names. Like people have called me shock observer, warrior, firefighter.
0: <laughs> That's great. No. It, yeah. So CS was, um, so that was more of a service. It sounded like you were overseeing customers in the delivery of services. Now you're delivering, I guess it's a software, software. as a service. So it's very similar, but there's just more tech maybe than yes. um, in the last gig.
1: That is true. But in the captive centers, we actually had, we were an extended team that we're partnering with the customer engineering. So we always knew the products, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I got so it. I so, you th- so do you think you're in CS for life now? Uh, and just in terms like, I know it's it's not that different than what you were doing before, but now, you know, you've got the renewal piece, which I, I, I suspect you probably didn't have on the delivery side. Um, so what what's your take having been in CS now for three years
1: uh, or a couple I of think years? Customer success is my identity, you know? Um, see, you navigate, all of us go through long career paths, and finally you end up in a role where you know you belong, right? So I really think customer success is my identity. Mm. And of all the roles, I think I do best in customer success. But at the same time, I mean, I'll just go by how where life takes me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, never close the door. No, that's great. Well, where can we follow you online?
1: So you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, where I post uh, my thoughts on various topics and time and again, um, in LinkedIn, you can find me as Subhashree Nivasan, VP of Customer Success at Rakuten Symphony. And I'm not active on, you know, any other okay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: social media platforms. And you can always send a mail to me at my first name and last name combined at gmail.com. And I also run a channel called CSM Secrets, uh, which is a LinkedIn community, mm-hmm. where we do send weekly newsletters, etc., and a podcast too, so you can check. Okay.
0: It out. All right. Well, there you go. We have uh, more podcasts for everybody to listen to. So yeah,
1: Tom, you should, you should come on the show. Now it's my turn.
0: Yeah. You can ask me the tough questions. I'd love yes. that. Yes. Well, Let's thank you. That. Yes. And I'd love to, you know, have you back sometime. So it's been a great conversation and uh, thank you very much. Let's do it again.
1: Thank you, Tom. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at NineLenses.com. See you next time.